Hey there, it's Susan Pierce Thompson and welcome to the weekly vlog. Today is David's and my 20 year wedding anniversary. Today. Happy anniversary, baby. Uh, he might watch this vlog. <laughs> Happy anniversary. So, um, there's this thing about summers every five years. Uh, I get this, um, like back to back to back major milestones. So it just so happens that my major anniversaries all happen in the summer. And those big ones, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, uh, all line up together. So today, David and I celebrate 20 years. Then in 10 days on June 29th, I'll turn 45. And then a few weeks later, in August, August 5th, Brightline Eating will turn five. I count the birthday of Brightline Eating as the day that the first set of people, I think it was 76 people on day one, joined the Brightline Eating email list that I launched the email list. Because Brightline Eating is a community and it's way bigger than any particular Facebook group or you know, whatever, uh, really the, the community is the email list. Um, so if you receive emails saying, Hey, the vlog is today here, click, click on the link. You're in that community. That email list launched on August 5th, 2014. And then four days later, I will celebrate 25 years of sobriety, clean and sober. That's really when my journey with recovery from addiction started. So anyway, today, in commemoration of uh, our 20 year wedding anniversary, I wanna talk about marriage and I wanna talk about it in a way that might be helpful for you, regardless of whether you're partnered or not. Um, because in particular, I wanna bring it back to your Brightline Eating journey. Cause I was watching a video three or four nights ago that is epic. I want to tell you a little bit about that. And I want to talk about this lesson that I learned um, about marriage. And it reminded me of like, oh, that's a powerful analogy for a bright line eating journey and a, and a wicked intense truth about the bright line eating journey. So that's what I want to do today. Talk about marriage, honor my husband, um, talk about lessons learned about marriage, and then bring it back to this point about bright line eating. So um, a few days ago, I got back from Durango, Colorado. I'd been there for a week and I was super sleep deprived. I had to get up at 2 a.m. Colorado time to get on my flight. Um, you know, the flight left at six, but I had to get up at two to catch a taxi at four to catch a flight at six. And I got home bleary eyed, as you can imagine. And um, I stumbled, you know how you're on your phone and something suggests a YouTube video and suddenly you're watching this video and you can't stop. So that's what I was experiencing. I couldn't stop watching this video. And it was a video of John Gottman, who is far and away my most trusted, most favorite relationship expert, science relationship expert. He, John Gottman, for over 30 years now has been following tens of thousands of couples longitudinally. He's able to predict divorce with shocking accuracy. And uh, I just have so much respect for um, 
expertise gained over time in a scientific domain by running experiments, finding out the results, getting curious, having hypotheses, testing them, finding out what's true and doing it all over again. There is no substitute for someone who's been, you know, elbows up in that work for decades upon decades upon decades. He's published hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of scientific articles, dozens and dozens and dozens of books, including many books that you can find at Barnes and Noble or Amazon or whatever, dozens of books. So I'm a John Gottman groupie to the max, and I've never heard him present his findings in such a powerful, concise way. This talk was 47 minutes. I couldn't stop watching it. It was like midnight. It was ridiculous. I couldn't stop watching it. And I knew 70% of it already because I follow John Gottman. But um, the stuff I didn't know was eye-opening. And he said this statistic. By the way, I've included the link to the YouTube video because it just, you know, watch it. It's amazing. Again, whether you're partnered or not, it's it's so helpful. And he says this thing in there. He says, here's what we've learned about conflict in marriage. 69% of conflicts are unsolvable. They're perpetual. Couples are talking about them today and we follow up with them five years, 10 years, 20 years later. They're still talking about the same problems in the same language. He said, so what that means is when you pick someone to be with, you're essentially picking a set of unsolvable conflicts. And really, in large part, the success of a relationship long term is whether you can cope with, whether you can stand those particular issues, like whether they're deal breakers for you or not. And... He said the trick is to move those conflicts from gridlock to dialogue because, you know, at that, at the point of like an unsolvable problem, it's sort of like, well, how are we going to cope with this? Can we find ways to make it at least a little more comfortable on this end or this end or around the margins? You know, he said at their core, these conflicts tend to, um, be rooted in the irreconcilable difference between this partner's um, deeply held core dream for their life and this partner's deeply held core dream for their life. Like, I want to live in the city. Like David and I have, um, we don't argue about this much. We've sort of split the baby and kind of, you know, <laughs> we live in the suburbs. But at my core, I want to move back to San Francisco and live in the city where I was raised. And David was raised with land around him and he wants to live in, you know, he wants to sleep in the woods, basically, like in a house, but, you know, with woods around. Those are not reconcilable, right? Like, <laughs> and because they're so deeply held based on our experience growing up, you know, we live in the suburbs and both make do, but, um, you know, that's an example, right? That's an example. Um... I was thinking about this as it relates to a bright line eating journey. A lot of us, me included from way back when, have a core dream to figure out a way, find a path for eating what I want to eat, taking comfort in food, 
celebrating with food, socializing with food, and being healthy and trim in a right-sized body, feeling good about my body. Like, like having those things together, enjoying my food and controlling my food together, that's a core dream for me. And I went very far down the path of trying to make that dream come true. And I got to the point where as I walked on that path, I got more and more overweight to the point where I was obese. And the irreconcilable conflict came up for me. And I eventually conceded to a way of eating that included no sugar, no flour, and weighing and measuring. Um, I had been introduced to no sugar, no flour, three meals a day, weighing and measuring your food years prior in a 12-step food program by someone who was thin. And I was like, uh, yeah, no, thank you. That sounds crazy to me. I'm not weighing my food with a digital food scale. Had I said, okay, I'll try that at that point, I would have saved myself from becoming obese in my mid to late 20s and from five years of some of the most vicious eating, just five years of pain, but I wasn't willing. The the conflict, the gridlock between, yeah, I, you know, being that sort of um, structured about my food life and this dream that I had of wanting to, you know, eat how I wanted to eat and look how I wanted to look in the same breath, uh, that gridlock persisted. Later on, after I became obese and had five more years of pain under my belt, um, I shifted. Suddenly I was on this side of the equation. I was like, okay, I'm willing. I will weigh and measure my food, eat three meals a day, eat no sugar, no flour. My weight melted off. And Suddenly, I was in the position of having to do something with that other dream that like, so in this scenario, I'm the husband and the wife, I'm the wife and the wife, the husband and the husband, I'm the two parts of the partnership, right? Like, uh, I hold the bright line eating part, and I hold the whatever you want to call it, intuitive eating, free spirit, I want to take my comfort in food. Oh, and by the way, be healthy and happy and in a right-sized body, right? So I'm holding these two, right? And that's, I think, the, the inner conflict for a lot of people who do Bright Line Eating is um, they don't line up, right? There is no way to do both, <laughs> right? Like you have to surrender one of those. Now, Unlike a lot of people in our community, I have no judgment for the person who surrenders the bright line eating one and just sticks with the, I want to eat what I want when I want it. Like, I actually think that's a pretty legit choice, to be honest. It's not necessarily the healthiest choice, and it will probably shave a decade or more off someone's lifespan, research shows, right? 63% of people are dying prematurely from diet-related diseases, and you know, the um, things correlated with obesity, diabetes, uh, heart disease, cancer, osteoporosis, dementia, et cetera, et cetera. You know, those are life shorteners for sure. Does that mean it's the wrong choice for somebody to, you know, eat their pizza and wings and ice cream and drink their beer and, you know, like live their life how they prefer? 
I don't know that it's the wrong choice for everybody. Like that's somebody who's decided I'm living over here, right? Like the marriage to the bright line eating way of life is not a viable choice for me. Like I'm not willing to, um, I'm not willing to live with that, you know, particular conflict, right? And then there's the bright line eating choice, which is, okay, I'm going to surrender. I'm going to let go of that dream that someday I'll be able to eat what I want to eat and be healthy and happy and in a right size body. Like, um, like for me in particular, I was suffering from obesity and debilitating depression. Those were the linchpins for me, obesity and debilitating depression. I wanted those gone by the time I was 28 years old, more than I wanted anything else in the world. And I was willing finally to surrender to weighing and measuring my food, no sugar, no flour, three meals a day, and just accepting that, right? So I married the Bright Line Eating way of life and decided that surrendering, you know, that dream of being able to eat what I wanted whenever I wanted it, that I could cope with that. Is that fundamental conflict still there in the sense that, you know, if I could, you know, if I had a magic wand, would I choose to, you know, be one of these people that's a one on the scale and constitutionally right-sized? And I don't know, maybe I would, I don't know. It's hard to say at this point because my bright line eating path has been my personal primary vehicle for my growth, you know, and I value so much the path of growth that I'm on in this program. It's hard to say that I would give it up at this point. But anyway, where I see people getting into trouble is not recognizing that that conflict fundamentally um, is one to be reckoned with. And it's not really solvable. You can't have it both ways. Most of us want for a long time this way, right? The the way of eating what you want when you want and being healthy and happy, right? And in a right-sized body. For those of us who go down the path and realize we can't have it, there is an insolvable conflict there. And um, the only way to get over it at that point is to become the surrendering spouse and say, okay, honey, I'll live in the countryside, <laughs> you know? Um, basically to say, okay, you know? Um So the solution John Gottman says is to go from gridlock to dialogue. Dialogue, like coping, like how can we make this more reconcilable? How can we make this easier? And I know that from a parts work perspective, like a bright line freedom perspective, it has to do with, you know, work with the inner rebel. That conflict is like manifested in an inner rebel where like you feel like your highest authentic self is like, I want to do bright line eating, but there's this rebel part in you that says like, no, (laughs) I'm not doing that. That's too controlling. That's too restrictive. That's too, you know, that's ridiculous. And, um, and if someone doesn't sort of work with that rebel, you live in the conflict, right? Like gridlock, which is no fun. So anyway, I found that framework really helpful. There, of course, was so much more mentioned in that video by John Gottman. And there's he's not selling anything in that video. It's just like a beautiful, like a professorial lecture. If you want to hear 
the most amazing concepts and key takeaways, like precious nuggets from the unquestionably the world's leading expert on relationships. That video is 47 minutes and it's so well worth your time. I'll probably watch it three or four more times this year. It's amazing. Um, he describes the masters and disasters of relationships, which, you know, he sees in his lab. And um, David and I are masters at relationships just by what he describes, the way we, for example, respect each other through conflict and bring humor into conflict. Um, and there's ways we've grown a lot. 20 years is a long time. I never expected to be married 20 years. <laughs> um, you know, I was raised in the hippie era where people got divorced a lot. I remember I was, you know, growing up in San Francisco, I was maybe eight or 10 years old and I was at this dinner party and there was this couple there, they were married and I think they were celebrating their anniversary. And I said, how many years? And they said, seven years. And I went, seven years? <laughs> like seven years? Never dawned on me that anyone stayed married for seven years. God bless me. Oh, wow. So, um, it impresses the heck out of me that I've been married to one man for 20 years. Like, oh my goodness, that's amazing to me. And um, I want to end this video by sharing something that I don't think I've ever talked about on video, which is um, the incomparable, unquestioning, <sighs> life-saving role that David Thompson has played in the development of the Bright Line Eating movement. I'm the face of this movement, but David is the rudder, the foundation, and the back-end genius. Without his financial savvy and awareness, I have no, just so you know, I have no passwords to our accounts. I don't know how much money we have. I don't know how it comes, I mean, I, I ask him sometimes because I'm curious, but that's all him on the back end. And he, he manages all that with a light touch, but there are at least four or five times during the last five years where if he hadn't been proactive and thoughtful and uh, extremely skilled, Brightline Eating would have gone bankrupt without a question. And um, if I didn't have him, dealing with the cash flow and things that I'm, you know, just not my strong suit. I'm a psychology professor. This is, you know, like running a business. He has an MBA. Um, if I didn't have him running things and, you know, letting me know what's what, like, no, you can't hire any more people. I know you want, you know, more coaches and more people to serve the community. No, <laughs> we can't hire any more people right now. There was this time... It was when the book, the first book, Bright Line Eating, came out in March of 2017. Um, we had two major projects going on, the book launch, and we were trying to build an app that uh, would serve everybody in Bright Line Eating, and uh, we were pouring money into it. And I was um, focused on that book launch, like completely. I was drowning. I was, my head was down and I was drowning. I was focused. I was flying for interviews and on TV and, um, 50 podcast interviews and, um, 50 radio interviews and national TV, local TV. And he kept trying to tell me, Susan, we're running out of cash. And I couldn't hear it. Like I, di I didn't know what to do about it, first of all. And I couldn't hear it. I was too stressed. I was like, you can't talk to me about this right now, David. I don't know. Do what you got. Like, I don't know what to tell you. 
and he realized I couldn't hear him and he just figured out how to get a loan. And he, he just went to a bank and got a loan for more than the value of our house, more than the value of everything, just like a loan. And we just went into the hole and he just worked it out. And when the book finally came out and we, I opened my eyes, went, <gasps> and we tweaked some things. We got out of that hole without going into bankruptcy because he just solved it. He just figured out what needed to be done. <sighs> it reminds me of two years prior when the first big launch, the food freedom launch of October, 2015 happened. And he told me, he said, you can't hire anymore. And by the way, we're going to have no cash to pay any of these employees you've just hired in two months. If you don't do something today, we will be bankrupt in two months. Just saying two months from today. <laughs> and I, we, I just hired 15 employees, like not kidding in 10 days, 15 employees, uh, to serve all these people that had just come in out of the blue. G rapid growth is messy. It's like a wild ride. And because David like jacked me up and told me that really clearly, I figured something out. We created Bright Lifers and um, then we launched the boot camp January, February, March that next month and didn't go bankrupt. <laughs> anyway, um, the only reason that Brightline Eating still exists is because David Thompson is not just my life partner, but the chief financial officer of Brightline Eating and the only one around here who knows a thing about dollars and cents. The only one. David, I love you. We are all indebted to you. Happieth 20, happieth, <laughs> happy 20th anniversary. Love of my life. Here's to 20 more, 40 more, 60 more. And that's the weekly vlog. I'll see you next week.